The legs wobble around me as Mark lifts the tablecloth and climbs under to join me. Feeling a bit sorry for yourself, are you? He says nicely as he plops himself down. What is it? He says patiently. I sigh. Everything is changing around me, Mark. Why is everyone else doing stuff with their lives? What's wrong with keeping everything the same? What's wrong with staying put forever? He looks at me hard. You haven't texted TD, have you, Al? No, I lie, hating how well my big brother knows me. Give me your phone, Al. I'm not letting you do it, he says, hand out. You are not the boss of me, I shout slur. I can text TV if I want. You don't tell me what to do. I'll text him whenever I want. I'll do it right now. I pointedly pull out my phone and squint at it. Don't, Alice, Mark says, a warning in his voice. I exaggeratedly pull up a new message and begin typing elaborately. You are a dickhead, I write, reading it out loud as I tap. I've wasted all my best years on you, but I still want to hump your stupid brains out just to prove a point to my dumb brother. Even though your penis has a weird bend in it that, like, hurts my kidneys. Mark sighs loudly. Fine. Great message. Send it. He is calling my bluff, which he shouldn't do when I'm this drunk. I will send it. I say, waiting for him to take my phone. He doesn't. Fine, I say louder and scroll through my contacts for TD's name. Send, I shout, fake pressing it. But in my blurry state, actually sending it, shit. Ah, oh, well, I've sent worse to TD. I'll still probably go back to his in a few minutes. If I can just stand up. Mark only examines his cuticles in response. Are you done fake texting morons? He says. No, I actually sent it. Look, I say, shoving my phone at his face proudly. He rolls his eyes again, but nonetheless examines the message, then looks again. Who is Tony Danes? He asks, confused. What? I say, puzzled. I take the phone back. No, no, no. I can't have... No, no, no. I haven't. I can't have... How have I... Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, no! Who is Tony? Mark asks again, louder, clocking the horror on my face. My boss, I say in a tiny voice. He snorts and then looks awkward. Oh, Alice.
I reach for the tablecloth. I need to get out from under this table and fix this. I can fix this, can't I? I quickly try to stand, but in my panic I misjudge the distance and fall backwards. The noise is loud and unfamiliar. It takes me a hazy second to realise I have pulled the cloth off and am lying tangled in a sea of white table surrounded by broken glass and plates, bits of leftover birthday food in my lap. Mark is standing above me, looking mortified. The silence in the room is deafening, and I remain seated in the centre of it, still numb. All these plus ones I don't know, staring down at me pityingly. Look at the drunk thirty-year-old making a fool of herself yet again. Single, alone, pathetic, birthday cake on her foot. Eva's lovely worried face fills my vision, and horror fills me as she takes my hand and I slowly stagger to my feet. Are you all right, Alice? Are you bleeding? She asks me kindly. Too kindly. The humiliation burns as I try to laugh, shaking my head and trying not to burst into tears. Shall we go to the loo and get you cleaned up? Eva says in a low voice, holding my hand as the waiter arrives through the door. He stops short, appalled at the mess in the middle of the room. I'm so sorry. I whisper in his direction, the crushing weight of shame burrowing deep into me. I can feel everyone's eyes still on me. Behind Eva's shoulder, Mark is staring at his phone, his face lit up by a message he's reading. He doesn't look embarrassed anymore, he looks frightened. This isn't about my night turning into a nightmare, this is something else. His grip is white, his knuckles almost yellow, as he makes eye contact with me. The mess around me and the alcohol and the burning humiliation is suddenly a long way away. Alice? Mark is pale and sweaty as he reaches for me. It's Mum. She says Stephen's in hospital. It's really bad. 